0: I kid you all not, I have been sitting in my podcast seat for maybe a minute and 40 seconds. Uh, I apologize for us being on at 9 o'clock. I had a worse a work function that I was late for, and then, because of a bizarre set of circumstances, missed my train and had to take the later train. And thankfully, Mike Murphy and Beth Macklin were here waiting for me when I got here. Guys, how are you doing today? I'm fine. believe have, have a believe podcast? No, that's you gonna a seat? Yeah, it's just a, a chair in my basement. Huh?
1: What?
0: Well, where do you podcast from? Like, like an egg-shaped chair. A throne of sorts.
2: No, I, I normally lay down like a like a lounging Caesar. Huh. Yeah, I'm
1: in bed. I have a podcast pillow.
0: Yeah, I lay
2: podcast down. Pillow.
0: That's pretty good. Now I feel like a failure for not having a podcast throne. Thanks, guys. Anyway, uh, I am Joe Fortunato. The guy is Mike Murphy. The girl is Beth Macklin. And this is Bantering the Blue Shirts directly into your ear. We have a lot to talk about today. A goalie controversy or potentially a lack thereof. Um, Some Adam Clendenning stuff. And then some good Adam Clendenning stuff. We are going to be joined by a special guest probably in about a half hour um, to talk a little bit more about Clendenning. And his relationship with Noah, who is a young boy with autism that you saw in that tweet from the Rangers after the Rangers win over Chicago in Chicago. Uh, But before we get into any of that, this podcast is sponsored to you by our Patreon subscribers, patreon.com slash BlueShirtBanther. Yes, we are asking you to pay for this. A big thank you to Anthony Viola, Dan Lynch, Matt Bader, Eric Cohn. Michael Silvers, who's in the chat for the first time in three weeks, Trevor Kempner, Thomas Osa, Alexander Thornton, and Nicholas Forlenza for uh, donating. And if you would like to get your name on that list, which would be awesome, you can at patreon.com slash blue shirt panther. All right, guys. Um, The Rangers are down three forwards, Rick Nash. Uh, well, actually, they're down four forwards. Rick Nash, Matt, Zuc- or Matt Zuccarello, Mika Zibanejad, Pavel Buchnevich, and Matt Pumple. Against Chicago, they're also down Ryan McDonough with a surprise flu. And they play a pretty good game against Chicago. In fact, these four games that they've started, Ronta, have been pretty good from a, a top-to-bottom defensive standpoint. The Rangers are finally winning the possession battle. It looks like they're starting to find their game a little bit. Is this a little weird, Beth?
1: It's a lot weird. Um, well, then I don't know. I don't know exactly how weird it is. I'm going to settle on medium weird. Uh, what's weird is how much more tightly they play in front of Ranta, which there's a logic to it, but, you know, again, this raises the question why not play like that all the time. Um, and also how solid they can be without, with uh, essentially a line missing, a top line missing. Um, but really not missing in a way. Uh, Maybe there would have been a few more goals on there. um, But, you know, the problems I had with uh, the game, the last couple games, did not have to do with the people who were missing. So, um, yeah, we're seeing some low-scoring games, which is what we were waiting for, some close games. Um, And we had some good results. And last night really could have gone either way. So weird again but not that weird not with this team
0: medium weird I like the idea of medium weird that's a good like medium rare you order a steak and it's medium weird that's all Mike
2: <laughs> well it's interesting just because of where we were a week ago and you know, we talked about how you know what was it? you know we, we talked a lot about I think how especially the Winnipeg and Chicago on the road, and then the Devils, which is never as easy as it should be, and then another game back at home in Chicago. And, you know, I think if you told any of us, the team would go 3-1, and one, and their, their only loss was a game that they really could have and in many ways should have won. It was a one-goal loss to Chicago. We all would have taken it. And then to learn that, you know, what, what Ronta did in that stretch also makes it truly really interesting. I'll, I'll just put it this way because I'm sure it's we'll talk about it a lot tonight, but it's been very interesting to see uh, the reaction from some fans about Ronta's play and um, how people believe that Munkwist really needed um, to watch some games from the bench.
0: Isn't it just a horrifying realization? It's like, you know those people exist, and they're out there, but when they release themselves from the sand-dug crevices that crabs live in, it's just a, it's an eye-opening experience. And it's funny, this – so I wrote an article about how Vigneault is good at creating controversy and bad at controlling it. And in the article, I told everybody exactly what I said on Twitter when Ranta started his third game in a row – which was I don't have an issue with Vigneault running with the hot hand in Ronta. What I do have an issue with is that this never seems to apply to the defense ever. And the responses were, there is no goalie controversy, you're an idiot. Ronta's the better goalie, you're an idiot. Or the defense is fine, you're an idiot. And all three of those are awful takes to have. So, when I look at the way that this team is being analyzed, I, I don't understand why it's not okay to say, hey, listen, like, and here's the thing. A lot of the arguments that came down were, well, you can't shelter the goalie position. So, if a goalie's not playing well, then the goalie has to be set. Lundquist has not been playing great. I don't think anybody thinks Lundquist isn't playing great. I don't think Lundquist thinks he's been playing great. The difference is that Lundquist is never really great through December. If you look at his statistics up until this point, they're always somewhat human before he works himself into a lather and down the stretch, he becomes the Hank we all know and love. And not getting the opportunity to do that obviously phased him. The quotes that Henrik Lundquist said during this little streak weren't exactly endorsing that anything was happening or the situation itself, which not that you'd expect it to be, but he said, quote, I've always had opportunities in the past to play up and down. I just get into a nice flow. It's a little different now. You play a couple, you sit out. Obviously, it's a different approach. He wants to play, and I want him to play. But my issue doesn't come from the fact that he's not playing. My issue comes from the fact that Vigneault has, in the past too, blamed a lot of these struggles on the goaltending position And refuses to take a look at some of the things that may lend themselves to the goaltending position not being where they want it. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Maybe it was last week. To talk about the goaltending and to not talk about the defense is sort of an issue. No, Beth?
1: No, it's definitely an issue. Although the really strange thing is that with, you know, a few drastic exceptions, um, some bad moments. The defense just looked better in front of Ranta. Why is that? It's infuriating. Uh, he faced far fewer shots, and not just because they were playing the Devils. Um, you know, so the math doesn't work out. Yeah, he had, he had some good games, but, I mean, he faced far fewer shots um, than Lundqvist had faced in his last few games. So, you know, those really aren't equivalent situations. Um, because they really weren't facing equivalent pressure. Um, and that's not to take anything away from Ranta. I do need to talk about how you said running with the hot hand instead of riding the hot hand. And you Kessel realize how upsetting I find lather. this phrase. I, yeah, I, I Joe really, also I don't said "Work into Although a lather. Although I'd rather run, run with it flow. than ride it. I'm not going to lie.
0: Well, wait a minute now. Works himself into a lather, <laughs> I, thought was, I thought that was good.
1: Right the wrong, hot wrong hand.
0: idiom or run with the hot hand. Yeah, I guess I see what you're saying. So here's the dirty little secret. Beth makes everything dirty whenever she has an opportunity to, and she's taken ride the hot hand to a totally different place than anyone else.: Wow. Um, oh, my God, boy.
1: where else could it go?
0: Oh, playing a the only place ride. it
2: is. I was wrapped up in Joe's and flow, Hank getting into a flow and working himself into a lather. And all I could think
0: of was all those head and shoulders commercials. Yeah, yeah that's that's what he wants. To highlight Beth's point about riding the hot hand. By the way, oh, yeah. I, do obviously my coming into this podcast three seconds before it started was not ideal. Can I just talk about how <laughs> upset I am that Beth doesn't have to lick a ranger? That Brady Shea scored against the Devils? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to bring it over. up
1: if you had. <laughs> this is, this is,
0: it's like... It's like getting a birthday present, and then you're not allowed to open the birthday present up, and they give it to yep. some other kid. That's what this feels it's no like. Second no, there's no, there's no second, second Christmas. We were all told it'd be a second Christmas, and then it no second Christmas. It would have been
1: special. It really would have been. Well, especially it would have been something. You know.
0: The the story in the paper would have been, as the police pulled away the crazy woman, she was screaming, ride the hot hand, ride the hot hand. And <laughs> The Patreon would have had to go to the bail money. Yeah, that would have helped. Now the Patreon goes to us. It does not go to, it does not go to Beth's bail, which is wonderful. Um, Beth, to back up your point, though, now that we've gotten all that out of the way, here are some side-by-side statistics. Five-on-five five shots against per 60. So this judges how many shots a team would give up at even strength for 60 minutes. Lundquist is 34.7. Rontas 22. Five versus five high danger shots faced per 60. Lundqvist is 26. Ranta's 11. And then Mm -hmm. raw uh, five versus five shots faced. So uh, as shots against was the first one that I gave out was the saves that actually had to be made. This is just attempts on net. So they can hit the net, miss the net. Lundqvist is 87 per 60. Ranta's 51 per 60. So there is a... There is a, a path of logic to the team playing both better in front of Ronta and differently. We, we talked about it a little bit. It's been broken down. The Rangers kind of give Ronta a little bit more room to make saves, which they should be doing for Lundqvist, may I add. And they, kinda, they try to handle those rebounds and play them out. With, with Lunquist, the Rangers take a little bit more of a, okay, we can run and gun a bit more because we have him behind us. And obviously there have been some, some pretty drastic results on the back end of that. But you, you can't tell me, oh, Ronta's the better goalie. Ronta deserves to be starting and look at these statistics and not see that there is a discrepancy between the game that the two goaltenders are looking at. Ronta's getting an easier workload. And outside of the two games against Chicago, I don't remember him making – you know those unbelievable, jaw-dropping, sprawling saves, and that's not to take anything away from him because I think he's been fantastic. Mike, anything you want to throw into this?
2: Well, it's it's something we've kind of. We, I always like to talk about how Ronta is underrated and how he's a very good goaltender in his own regard, and you know it was it was great seeing him play so well in two games against the team that we know. I don't know if people remember Costa's Ryan Haggerty. So um this is a pretty big win in, in that regard. But uh the what's so interesting about this is, is you know, Joey you alluded to before, but then you know, we, we kinda got sidetracked with licking and lather. But um the <laughs> lathered licking. It, it, <laughs> good 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 alliteration and creepy L words. Um but the uh, Especially with you know, we got to see Clint again and I know um, you know, a lot of people point out, you know, he had the the one tough turnover in the defensive zone and then he had a zone entry that he kind of fanned on a pass and it turned into a rush the other way. But also in that game he broke up a three on one against Chicago. And also in that game he wasn't one of the three Rangers defensemen or four, I think, with what is it? Holden, Klein, Stahl, and Girardi who all have this bizarre tendency to drop to a knee very prematurely and then just lay their stick down on the ice to attempt to take away passing lanes. And then they proceed, they always get, especially you guys like Panarin, just skate around them and, and find the passing lane that's behind them. And you like there's the amazing gif of, of Stahl just, you know, like a very lazy teacher gesturing at a chalkboard with like a pointing stick, just like, now you got to look over here, but I'm not going to move for you. I'm just going to point with my long stick. It's just like that was his idea of defense. And we talk about how Ron has been getting better defense than he has, but yet we see things like that. And it's, it's so frustrating that those rules don't apply to guys like you know, and I don't have as many issues with Saul. I know I singled him out there, but especially Klein and Girardi this year. Um, I know Holden is this impossible to understand. I mean, Holden delivered again, and obviously with the overtime, the overtime goal, no one knows what the hell he is. I don't even, you know, I don't. when he, when he looks in mirrors, I don't think anything shows up in the reflection. It, it just, nothing about him makes sense, but it is what it is, so... It's really really interesting to see how the team reacts differently for Ronta and and to try to figure out why that is. And to see them play this well when they're missing all these big players. I mean, no Nash is a huge deal, you know, supposedly the Rangers can be getting him back um, tomorrow, but one of the games the Rangers played without VZ, you know, no no have for a long time. No Buchnevich, Pumple, you know, at I think people would have said, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we hadn't met Pumple. Why does it matter to the other lineup? But, you know, all that makes a difference. So,
0: And it's, it's a totally different mentality, too, when you look at the way certain players are held to some standards and, and others. And, and the point is not to continue to harp on the same thing. I think a lot of the excuse from the media about why they don't ask these questions or or why they don't harp on it is because, you know, it is what it is and Vigneault's not going to change. So why bother? And to me, that's not the point of journalism. The point of journalism is to point these things out. You can't look at Adam Clendenning and you know what, this is a good segue into one of my bigger issues, which is, You have Clendenning in the lineup yesterday, and it's an emergency basis because uh, Ryan McDonough has the flu. You're down by a goal against Chicago. Clendenning doesn't see the ice the final seven minutes of the game. With the goalie pulled, Dan Girardi is the lone defenseman on the ice, and then it's Girardi and Holden. That doesn't make sense in any world, and I'm not even making the argument that Clendenning being in there would have made a difference because more than likely in that situation, you're losing the game. But you put your best players out there, and you give your best players the right moments to help you. Clendenning is a guy who has offense. He should be out there. What's clear is Vigneault has no space for him on this team, and he has no desire to put him into this team. It's the same thing with McIlrath. And the argument that people give me is, oh, you think they're saviors? You think they're going to be Stanley Cup contenders? You think it's going to make all the difference? I don't. Here's the problem even if you're making the argument that Adam Clendenning has only played in eight games this year and his numbers are great because of a small sample size, you've had two and a half years of terrible Dan Girardi on the top pairing. You've had 30 games of a really rough Kevin Klein this year. So at what point do they get held to that standard? I'm not saying Clendenning is going to come in and change the world, but I'm saying he may be an improvement. And if the goal is to win the Stanley Cup, it shouldn't matter who you upset. Veteran status, tenure, all that goes out the window when Henrik Lundqvist is the guy who's on the other end of the sword. And in this instance, he has been. If Vigneault is going to run with the hot hand, ride the hot hand for Beck. <laughs> if Vigneault is riding the hot hand with Henrik Lundqvist and Ranta, then why can't you ride the hot hand with Adam Clendenning? People told me today, well, Clendenning's a turnover machine. Here's some stats about that. Oh, my Clendenning God. Clendenning has two turnovers and two takeaways in his eight games for reference Brady Shea has 25 turnovers and four takeaways fine Dan Girardi has 21 turnovers and three takeaways you may have heard me talk about takeaways or giveaways not being the worst thing in the world because it means you have the puck The caveat to that is if you give the puck away a lot and your possession numbers are good, that's good. Those are the guys who are at the top of the turnover list. When Dan Girardi has the puck 40% of the time and he's a team leader in turnovers, that's a problem. And again, I'm not saying Klein or Girardi sitting for Clendenning is going to change the world. I'm just saying that if everybody was held to the same standards, we wouldn't see this frustration and this confusion because again, Girardi should not be on the ice with a minute left. I don't care if you think he's still a first-pairing defenseman. He's never been an offensive defenseman. It's just not the right spot for him. And Holden, Mike, to your point, I think Holden is a very good bottom-four defenseman. He's not a good top-pairing defenseman, although with that said, he did relatively good with Girardi yesterday. But Holden really started to flourish when he was sheltered a little bit. And he started finding his offense a little bit. And he's become a solid defensive for the Rangers. Mark Stahl has improved. Dan Girardi has not. And Kevin Klein has regressed. And Shea has his ups and downs. And here we are. So it's not a matter of being negative about everything that Vigneault does. It's not a matter of saying, oh, Clendenny coming into the lineup is going to make all the difference in the world. It's just saying you've had two and a half years of something that is not working. Why are you not at least trying something else? And I've ranted too long. Whoever just sighed, you can you <laughs> can talk. It
2: well, it's me. I don't have anything to say though. Um, I mean the well, you, you better find something the, to say. Go back to I guess. But, uh, but no, the it's a really interesting trying to figure out. You know what is it? What is it about Glenn Denning that Benio doesn't. I'm not sure if it's fair to say he doesn't trust or doesn't like, you know, it's, it's tricky. And it's also a shame that we get, that we're focused so much on this because there's so many other things to to talk about with the team. I mean, you know, getting to see Jensen and Rivik, and, you know, all this other stuff that's going on with the team, but it's, you know, and also how, even though he didn't score, you know, how great BC looked uh, against Chicago last night, but uh, it's, it's hard to try to figure out what is it about Glen game that, you know, that Benio doesn't like her, that he doesn't find a use from it. And it's, I mean, you don't have to be, you know, someone who follows, you know, analytics and believes in the value of possession and all that stuff to, to know that, you know, you're down in the game. You shouldn't have Dan Girardi on the ice towards the end of the game because there's a reason why, you know, Girardi doesn't have, you know, his his turnover numbers aren't crazy because he doesn't have the puck a lot. When he does, it goes very badly, and everyone knows that. I think Dan Girardi knows that. Um, It's not a secret, you know. He has a very meat and potatoes approach to defense, and in many ways there's nothing wrong with that. In the grand scheme of things, if Girardi was paid, you know 1.5 million a year it would be not the problem that it is but of course that would also mean he would it would be a lot harder to not justify keeping him in the lineup and also playing him continually in the the, you know the top pair we we finally got to see you know it's this this nightmare we've been we've been like forecasting all all year long in the podcast the the ooh, the Rangers defense without McDonough ooh. and <laughs> we we saw it and of course it looked really rough and you know uh, it goes to show just how good Ranta was but it also goes to show how you know how much is still wrong with with the blue line and how much is still wrong with trying to figure out you know, identifying what roles players should play is, is a very big part of coaching. because it, It's talent assessment. It's understanding how pieces fit together. It's understanding who will succeed at, you know, different situations. And you see something like, oh, Brandon Peary, this shot is so damn good. I can't ignore it. Put the guy in the power play. We see Vigneault do something like that. And you say, oh, well, you know, if, if he can see that, that's a good thing. You know, if that's, that's a good sign. But then we see Girardi on the ice towards the end of the game and Ben Denning sitting. And, you know, it's hard to connect the dots. And then you also understand that, you know, Vino obviously has a say in the power play, but he doesn't, you know, <laughs> he's not the power play coach or anything. So it's really frustrating to try and identify what it is about Ben Denning that that Vigneau doesn't like.
1: We don't uh, get to see him problem. enough but to figure ahead, it out. <laughs> no, I mean, we just don't get to see enough of his game to figure out what it could be about his game. Um, but again, the only thing I can keep thinking is that, you know, finding out at the end of last season that Girardi not only had been playing badly, but had one leg in a concussion. Um, and that was the choice we, we, that was who we put out in the playoffs. Um as soon as he could walk again, it seems. so. most
2: of the way towards the pirate. (laughs) And again,
1: I think he'd make a great pirate.
2: Which Uh, he could have, we don't know. There's no
1: personal attack going on here at all. But yeah, I mean, I think even if we could figure, I don't think we'd be able to figure it out because I don't think it's necessarily there. Um, I don't think we can pinpoint a reason the same way we can... Can't pinpoint a reason why, and don't even get me started on turnovers. Oh my God, Keith yandel turnovers, that whole discussion. Can't even do it again. I'll just start screaming, the way I start screaming when I think about about Kevin Hayes's skate going into poor Brady shay's teeth. Ah, I, oh, I just, ah, no. I can't, I can't, I can't. He's I
0: getting can't. dental work today.
1: That's the most messed up part about ah! the whole thing. Yeah, I I thought it was just nice, simple stitches or something. When I heard dental work, I just almost passed out on the floor. Which means Um, he played
0: through that, too. Which That's a man right there.
1: Imagine how much blood he
0: swallowed last
1: night. I mean, I remember seeing him go to the bench with his face kind of cradling his face. But, uh, yeah, I definitely didn't see him acting like he had some sort of major injury. And I imagine that he was out so long because they had to get it to stop bleeding which is, yeah, it's just more than I can, more than I can bear thinking about. Um, other thing I can barely bear thinking about, but let me know if I'm going off track, was, all right, so two things about the offense last night. And, again, if there's something else, we, we didn't really get to do our pregame today, so I know there may be other plans, but, oh, my God, somebody rush the net, anybody. I mean, that's where I miss Nash most last night, was somebody just go to the freaking net. Um, I don't think we took a shot from anywhere except the exact same place on the left side until almost the end of the first period. Um, well, the we only took guy the driving exact the net same was... shot a number of times. Wait, what, Joe? Yeah. The only
0: guy driving the net was VC. I mean, it was really him, yeah. and then at the very end, it was Miller, and then maybe Hayes, and that was it. And look, you miss Nash there. You miss. Uh,
1: the you definitely too.
0: miss yeah Zibanejad there there there's and not having McDonough hurts too because I'm sure guys are kind of sitting back a little bit and knowing that they don't have a full-fledged defense I mean Adam Clendenning's answer are you talking about our defense it's <laughs> one of the most spectacular things of all time but
1: that really uh, is Mike thank you for for reminding yeah, the world of that that wonderful moment
0: Mike is a beacon of joy in a, a dark dark place <laughs> Uh, and, you know, we're, we're in the process of, of truly trying to figure out what this Rangers team is because they're very Jekyll and Hyde. We expected to know a lot more about them at this point than we have. And by all indications leading up to this four-game stint from Ranta, I was expecting things to go south. Not because of Ronta, just in general. The Rangers were trending down. The possession metrics were down. They were not playing good hockey. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue. Maybe we go backwards
1: all the damn time now. What is up with that? The last the, minute of the game last night?
0: Yeah, that. Running that out was the a, clock
1: on our own? That was One
0: unforgivable.
1: What are you doing?
0: That was as unforgivable oh. as it gets. Uh, you You're know, waiting for the perfect play, Beth.
1: I mean, um, the Blackhawks were baffled.
0: Right. You you, you can forgive VC from a, an extent the point of him being a rookie and okay, fine. You you can't uh, Holden just has to be better than, you know, what he ended up doing. And and I think that's part of the frustration too, is if you have a guy like Clendenning out there on the ice who, you know, knows what he's doing in that situation, then maybe that'll make a difference for people. Maybe that'll make, and again, I'm not saying the Rangers would have won the game more than likely they would not have, but you, you put your best players on the ice in that situation. Um, it nine thirty. Uh, Nick is on hold. Does anyone want to talk about anything else quickly before we bring Nick on to talk about the Clendenning stuff? I mean, I have we stuff can to talk about after you. that. Yeah, that's fine. Then <laughs> we can do that. We are joined by Nick. Nick, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? I am good. For those of you who do not know, I kind of teased this a little bit today. Um, Nick, let me get your Twitter feed right because if I get it wrong, I'm going to feel bad.
2: It is you know, tree.
0: Got, it's, it's underscore turdy,
3: t u r t y underscore tree,
2: there which is, is tree. a playoff
3: of Pat Foley's um, tree turdy tree call.
0: Tree turdy tree. <laughs> oh,
3: yeah, because yeah, I, I forget the broadcaster. They always joke about his it, tree turdy tree and the turd.
0: So I thought that <laughs> that's
3: Black Ox thing. So.
0: Well, we're going to get into why that may be. Uh, so if you were around during the Rangers' uh, victory over the Blackhawks in Chicago, you might have seen the Rangers tweet out a photo of uh, Adam Clendenning with a young man named uh, Noah. Noah is Nicholas's son who has autism, and we're bringing Nick on to talk a little bit about their relationship with the Clendennings and what Clendenning is doing to kind of help raise awareness Uh, you you hear a lot about players who do things like this um there was a young boy whose name escapes me uh who was with Tortorella during the uh Winter Classic if you guys remember he got some play during 24-7 I can't believe I don't remember his name um and this is another one of those situations of just someone who obviously is a role model and has an opportunity to uh to make a difference in someone's life doing just that. So Nick, why don't you uh, give us the lowdown? Sure. Um, We'll start.
3: He's almost, he's nine. So about seven years ago, he was diagnosed with autism. Um, And about two, gosh, let's say maybe three-ish years later or so, um, you know, after getting him into some speech therapy and occupational therapy, um, and a little bit of behavioral ther- therapy, um, you know. My wife's mom, the um, big Ice Hogs fan. Uh, Ice Hogs being the AHL affiliate of the Blackhawks out in Rockford. And you know, if it wasn't for her side of the family, you know, we probably wouldn't be talking about this today. Um, so, it took him to nice ISOG's game wasn't the easiest because he has autism. He also has sensory processing disorder, um, has epilepsy. And at first it was hard for him to take it because it's loud. You know, it's, it's, it, the, the uh, BMO Harris Bank Center seats about 6,000. So, and it can get pretty raucous. Um, so, you know, as you, when you have a child that has autism, I think as you, as he grows older, she grows older, and as you grow older, with more experience, you go, okay, what you find out what works and what doesn't work. So, um, you know, we didn't get headphones for him at that time, so he was covering his ears a lot. And it took a while for him to get out of his shell, and, you know, that's okay. It's just, it, w- with him, it's used, he, he needs to get used to someplace. Um, so... Um, sitting watching we decided to go to uh warm-ups because like I said my wife's side my wife's mom huge hockey fan they're huge hockey fans I sort of was in and out you know I can remember when the Blackhawks went to the Stanley Cup and then got blanked by the the Penguins um in the 90s but you know you could say I was a bandwagon fan um then we did this, and, went, okay, we did the, the warm-ups, and guy flips a puck over to Noah, and, okay, that's cool, and, you know, we take picture and go from there. And then um, where Noah's going to preschool, there's a season ticket holder, and they she had set up with the Ice Hogs um, PR people. They had someone reading. And the same guy that was reading was... The CERN guy that put the talk to the kid, and that was Adam. Um, Noah, as you can see in the video that the Rangers posted, what today, today, um, it might
0: have been yesterday.
3: Yesterday, I can't remember. Um, no, it was
0: yesterday.
3: It was yesterday. He's not a he's not shy. The um, <laughs> anxiety maybe, but he's not shy. Um, he will light up the room. Um, not afraid to 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 go to anybody. Um and so I just he, you know, wanted to listen to Adam, knew this is the guy that you know, flipping his puck, must be something special to him. Sat on his lap, we have the pictures. You know, I don't know <laughs> if Adam's like, you know, was this good doing, but that that's that's how it went. Um and then after that it was you Noah's know, all Adam all the time. Um, got him a jersey from you know, an Icehawks jersey for that. Icehog's jersey here, Icehog's jersey there, you know, it was a a yearly thing. And slowly but surely, you know, this relationship, I think, between Adam and Noah sort of grew lucky enough to win a um, practice jersey from the Booster Club uh, raffle, Um, and we were both wearing it. And I want to say, some lady says, you know, hey, nice jerseys. And no one would really say that. And then, you know, it's that. Double take later on, you go, I think that was his mom. Because um, his parents had hadn't come to watch games before. Um, so I think that's a little bit of maybe his mom said something, you know, and probably asked, Who's the kid in the Clendenning jersey? Not necessarily me. I don't, you know, make a <laughs> hill of beans <laughs> difference, but, you know, here's his kid um, in, a, in a mini Clendenning jersey, right? So, um, As time went on, you know, there's events that the IceHogs do, so he's bowled with him when they've done charity bowling. I mean, that's sort of the cool thing to have an AHL team. I mean, yeah, you can do that in New York, and I know Chicago has events and stuff like that, but I think in a smaller town, whether it's Hartford, um, Grand Rapids, stuff like that, it's Utica, even a better um, example is it's small knit, so you can have that a little bit you know get closer to players that could be playing in the nhl um so he's he, he's bowled with him a couple of times um and so like i said yeah it's 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 been a good thing and and i think for you know i want to say i'm not necessarily bringing awareness but at least the inclusion um i, I think yeah. what's important
2: mm-hmm.
3: um and the other thing is that you know once again, if it wasn't for my wife's side, this all would not have been happening. But I think with Noah idolizing Adam, Noah would have started hockey. And one of the things with Noah is that um, he has what, from an, op, uh, from an OT standpoint, he has what's called proprioceptive, I think is what the term is. Basically, he needs deep pressure. He's one of those kids that needs deep pressure to sort of normalize himself, and of course, what do you do in hockey? You skate. You push off. His he he is so wants deep pressure on his feet, so hockey's perfect for him. Um, so he started taking hockey lessons. Um, and Rockford Park District has a wonderful therapeutic recreation department, um, and they got him into lessons, but with you know modifications that you know he takes his own time. And it took a while, you know, you wouldn't see him advancing as quicker as other kids, but you, slowly but surely, he went from, you know, um, uh, what was it, to termites, and from termites to, um, I'm trying to think, how minor hawks and so on, and moved up. Um, and, 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 I mean, he did, and it's sort of, and I don't want to sound too ableist, um, but it, it's cool to see him progress. You know, of but course. it comes down to, the, but you know, the important part is, once again, the inclusion, the acceptance of, you know, a park district or or even a hockey community to say, okay, he needs to be doing this. It's good for him. So that's the important yeah. part here. And so, mm-hmm. and, and and like I said, it's it's indirect from him, but it's there, and it's good to see um, because then I get more involved just to see what other places do. And then you see, you know, more special hockey. And, and the thing is, you know, okay, let's go to Adam getting traded, right? Or actually step back one thing. You know, Adam goes to Chicago, right, gets called up. Yeah. And I can remember when he actually got the first goal when they were playing in Calgary. Um, you know, it was the feed from Hosa and the slab shot. And I think both my wife and I screamed, Noah got thrown off that he kicked me in the back. <laughs> 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 so, um, so you know, he scores four game tryout, or it felt like four games because it seemed like that was Q's mo is give a rookie for at that time was like four games, and it works great. Then if yeah, not, sit him on the bench, and there you go.
0: Where so could we same ever thing have
3: something like
0: that? I'm sorry, I said, where could we ever feel like something like that? Not in New York I don't know. for sure.
3: Well, I, yeah, and that's the you know, and that's the parallel. Can I'll, I'll jump to a little bit later, uh, just from a hockey style, is um, but anyway, yeah. So he then you know, January he gets traded. Of course, my uh, mentions blow up because people knew you know him and Adam um, and, and their friendship, and then he gets traded to Vancouver. Um, he handled it okay. Uh, you know, not bad. I think it took a lot of reassuring that Adam's still his friend. Um, You know, and, you know, it's sort of that, and he he, and Adam did, you know, right to know to say, you know, they're still, you know, don't worry, the friendship doesn't change just because the location does. Um, But I think the good thing from um, that is, you know, and that you can bring to most of these places is as we've, you know, as Adam goes, we follow. And, you know, if it wasn't for him going to the Canucks, you don't, I would have never found out about the Canucks Autism Network, which is wonderful. Um, and I think needs to be done more in other hockey cities. I mean, you know, Jonathan Taze does uh, nonprofit work for Misericordia, which is for uh, developmentally disabled People, which is great, but you know, and 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 I and the Blackhawks have the Blackhawks charities and so on, which is good. But I, I stop me. Someone could correct me if I'm wrong, but nothing like the Canucks do. And I know the Canucks management right now is in bad shape, um, especially after last. From a night. hockey
0: standpoint, yeah,
3: yeah. From a hockey <laughs> standpoint, but but to see the community work they do, you want them to succeed. Um. It's yeah. sort of a, you know, catch 22 is, is yeah, you know, yeah, Jim Benning both, you know, gave a, let Adam go and uh, Gustav Forslings in Chicago and they played each other last night. So it's sort of like you look over into Vancouver and
0: go, whoops, okay. But yeah. that's, it is what it is. Um, well, I like hearing about this stuff too, because there's so much that goes on behind the scenes that you don't really know about. The The mm-hmm. NHL really doesn't publicize as much as maybe some other sports do about some of the work that they do. Liam, by the way, was the name of the, uh, the young man who was in 24 seven with the Rangers. Mm-hmm, yeah. And I enjoy seeing it because these things do make a difference. Nick and I were talking a little bit before he came onto the show that he wanted people maybe, someone who's listening from the Hartford wolf pack to know that they can make a difference. And this definitely seemed like it was something that the right pieces fell into place that there is, you know, it wasn't necessarily something that was uh, planned. Obviously it was a little random that you ran into Adam Clendenning's mother and it's made a difference. But I like hearing about how that makes a difference for you and your son because obviously this is something that maybe not enough people are talking about and maybe not enough people know. And if one person has their life changed because they get an interaction with an NHL player or an NBA player or whoever it might be, that's a, a really big deal too. Mm-hmm. And I, that's why I thought it was important that you were able to share your story because you don't know when that's going to make an impact.
3: And, yeah, you you know, know, it,
0: and it, it'll happen,
3: You know, I think, can happen locally because you do see some – some things, but I mean, you could look at what PK Subban's done for the hospital in Montreal,
1: um, yeah. the Children's
3: Hospital in Montreal. I mean, that's a that's a really good example, um, and yeah, I mean, it, and it does. You do see you do see certain, certain things, but I think the one thing is we were talking about is you know you have to step back, and and, and I know there's the as you like to call them, crab people, that are probably I, – I think there's <laughs> flashpoints of who people want to bring, okay, especially in social media is this person is bad because A, B, and C, and vice versa, and that's the polarization. But step back and go, these, regardless of how you think they play hockey,
0: are still human beings. And, Absolutely, yeah. and that's, which we that's all, the we thing that to uh make clear too by the way which we say all the time. Yeah. Uh, and so Nick actually that's... because I scheduled this late the the thing is going to kick you off in a couple of minutes as soon as we go uh-huh. past the 9:45 uh, mark. Uh uh-huh. is there anything you want to throw out there before it does and if it cuts you off midway I apologize.
3: That's okay. Um you know I would just say uh, going back you know it it's it, I guess the one thing I will jump to is, is, is you know, for all the hemming and hawing that I see is, you know, especially watching these past two games is uh, you want, I mean, if this could be the Stanley cup final, great. Cause I love watching these two games It you know, you watch some stuff, but it's good to see that was a, they were both chess matches and it was fun to watch. Um, one live and one on TV. Um, so yeah, I mean it's uh but yeah, I mean we're we're lucky to to you know have Adam as a friend of Noah. Um just because like I said, you know Noah does have sort of friends, but you know to have someone like that that he can look up to sort of as a big brother. Um although he has a older sister, he you know to have no to have Adam as a big brother in a way to him that he will can and can talk to is it has been helpful for him. So
0: well, thank you, Nick. I appreciate sure, you, uh, thank you so coming much. on. Uh, sorry you, you're getting cut off. At this. That's this has okay. It's been an interesting, uh, <laughs> an interesting afternoon. And with thank this you podcast. So, so much. But, yeah, sure. thank you for coming on and Thanks, talking God. about thank it. You. Thank you. Um, I, I like to – I was when he reached out about doing that, I was really happy. And, again, I apologize that – he's getting cut off. That's an unfortunate side effect of me being an idiot and scheduling something on a Wednesday, but uh, you don't see those things as often. And to see the difference that it makes firsthand from someone is a really big deal. Um, And uh, not that we needed reasons to like Adam Clendenning even more, but it's nice to know that those things are out there and that they're happening because they do make a really, really big difference. And I think guys who do it should be commended for it. And I didn't know Taves was doing it. And I didn't know Vancouver had a really good program either until he said something. So those are, uh, it's just good. It's good to see. And now we yeah, go from it's the such a, to... Go ahead, Mike. So it's such a big thing. I just want to make,
2: make the point. Cause we often say, you know, that, you know, players are subject to criticism because, you know, they play on the public stage, you know, the sports industry is, the entertainment industry that's when you boil it down to brass tacks that's what it is and so it's very easy to you know criticize and you know like nick was saying you know you just like a player for reason a b or c and especially on social media where people you know just draw lines and then they don't cross the line you know even if and you know, even if someone like can has you know a fantastic game or a great play there'll be plenty of people who just roll their eyes and say you know, oh, well, what difference does it make? You know, they won't won't be willing to acknowledge what they see in front of them, and it makes it hard because it is also important to have the perspective that you know these are, you know these are these are human beings, these are people, and when you get to hear stories like that, where you know a guy like Clint Denning who, you know, he doesn't have to go out of his way to to play that role in Noah's life, and you get to hear a story like that, and it's it's so special, it tells you you know, it, it's so good to see these players who have the opportunity to play on this you know, the, the public forum, the you know, the public eye and to use that in a positive way really matters and it's important and it's encouraging to see all the time and it's also, you know, really special to see it up close when, you know, it's players on the Rangers and we wanna make sure to celebrate those players, especially those who You know, those of them who don't necessarily broadcast what they're doing. So that's an awesome story.
1: Well, also thinking, too, about all the different ways people can enjoy the game and all the different obstacles people have, whether it's being neuroatypical or anxiety or gender identity or anything else that can be obstacles to people actually being able to have the experience of watching the game. Um, That a lot of us take for granted, Um, whether, you know, as he was talking about, it's the space or the noise or whether it's, you know, something more subtle than that. Um, You know, that's one thing that I think, you know, hockey is doing and can do probably still more of is making that a space that's easier for more people to enjoy um, in the ways that they need to enjoy it you know yeah not just blue I seats think... and beers and and all of that as as wonderful as that can be <laughs> and we've all experienced it that's not the that's not the experience everyone can handle or needs
2: yeah but and know, hockey at its best i think is a community i'm sorry joe hockey no, no. is hockey is a community of inclusion and that's what i when it's at its best it is that community of inclusion and you know as i'm someone who suffers from acute anxiety disorder and so i when I go to games, it's, it's exhausting for me. Like, I feel like, you know, it's a, it's a place where I feel suffocated at times. Like when the Rangers score and, you know, there are random high fives from people that I don't know. (laughs) You know, I, I I just look at people like, I don't know you and you're drunk, but I'll high five you. Please don't high five me too hard. Do I have to talk to you after this? I don't know how this works. You know, I I have to process all that stuff. And that's just my experience with with my own anxiety and stuff and, and, you know, my perspective on that, but it's hockey at its best can, can really knock down those barriers and things that people don't want to talk about. And more and more, we're getting to see that hockey is for everyone. And that's something that I think makes it something that we all hold on to a little bit more and feel better about embracing.
0: So it's a good thing. Yeah, the NHL going forward with the You Can Play project um, a few years ago and really being the first, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think the first of the four major sports in America to kind of go that route. And Nick mentioned something, too, like the arena being too loud. You sit there and think, well, people complain right now that Madison Square Garden isn't loud enough. But, again, you're Mm -hmm. talking about not maybe understanding what everybody goes through and not that – Not that you would think that organically of a hockey game, but it's always good to see it. And um, to see a ranger specifically doing what they can to help and being a mentor to someone like that is is really cool. So I'm glad we were able to get Nick on. I thought the story was really important. Um, You know, if you can help or if you're involved in any of that, or again, if you are listening from, you know, Hartford or you're uh, an AHL fan, those those teams usually do a lot of grassroots programs to try to build a fan base because it's sort of the way that they keep things together. I, I used to be a sports writer for the New Britain Herald and I covered the New Britain Rock Hats, which was the Twins A affiliate in the MLB, and they would do all kinds of different, you know, nights and events and all that fun stuff. So there's definitely, I think, a level of, Inclusion and that's good to see But there, it's also nice to see people getting helped And when it's done by a ranger It's even better That was a, a good tone to the podcast Since we've maybe been a little negative lately But we still have to talk about the team Which is negative Maybe, <laughs> maybe not um, Mike, you mentioned that you had Something you wanted to talk about uh, After we yeah, got it's off actually a positive of thing. So, It's a positive it's thing well Jesus yeah. I don't know maybe I'll talk back more about lathering
2: uh, but uh yeah but no the the thing I wanted to to bring up uh, and I think it's important because uh just with all the forwards and you know all the you know even Pumple and waivers and uh you know uh, Boo getting his his call up and everything I think it's been very very easy to really forget about Oscar Lindbergh. and you know uh, you know if I I don't think most Ranger fans would guess that he's I think he's played in 13 games this season. You know that's kind of a something that gets lost in the shuffle because it doesn't feel like that. I'm sorry. You know it doesn't even I even I had it wrong. But it's weird to think that he's been in the lineup. You know that often. You know, about, you know a little over half the time when we just don't talk about him anymore and he he sees such a limited role. But in the past two games, he picked up two assists and then in the last three games he's put fourteen shots on net. And we've seen a big part of the Rangers' success over since the last time we had a podcast is really the the, the kind of surprisingly good play from a bottom six that has been really depleted. I know we talk so much about, you know, well, you know, what does it mean with the Jet out and Bruchinevich out and all that stuff, but you know, obviously guys move up in the lineup and other guys have to plug in. And I think it's been encouraging and interesting to see how some of these guys have reacted to their, to their opportunity to play. Of course, you know, Josh Juris was put on waivers and claimed by Arizona, so he's now out of that game of musical chairs. But, um, you know, frankly, I don't really think we ever got to see the best of him. Um, mm-hmm. his, his numbers here, especially his possession numbers, were, were pretty rocky. Um, and you know, we we knew we kind of knew what Juris was coming in. You know, he was that that depth forward who you know plays that hard grinding game where you get get a penalty killer, you get a guy who can kind of play all three four positions and all that stuff. But uh, I don't think he ever really looked as good as he did in in preseason. Um, and of course, he had the injury that derailed everything. But uh, it's so weird to me that we've so quickly just from, you know, where we were, I don't know, let's say, you know, eight months ago or something and how Lindbergh was considered a real important part of the team's future. And
1: you know, never like
2: a top line guy, but a part of the future moving forward without a doubt. And now he's almost like an afterthought. So I was wondering if you guys
0: had any thoughts on that. It's very funny you say that and your positivity will bring out my positivity. <laughs> I, I mentioned oh in today's, notes on the rangers lost to chicago that limburg has kind of made a statement i think it's very interesting that limburg was at one point a rising star last year someone who we kind of thought was going to be a really critical part of this team and at the end of the year we find out that he has uh he has uh, an injury to his hips he gets surgery he's going to miss some time and the next thing you know Lindbergh isn't even in the lineup and when he's healthy he's not even in the lineup and some of his play in the beginning of the year was really rocky and I think it has to do with the fact that he wasn't playing consistent consistently and people love to say oh that's not that big of a deal that's an excuse but it's really hard to get into a groove when you're not playing and I don't understand why that's such a foreign concept at times but In this string of games where there have been injuries and Lindbergh has had an opportunity to kind of step in and prove his worth, Oscar Lindbergh has kind of turned into a fixture on that bottom six. And I think he's going to make that decision very hard. And now, as promised, my other positive, Marek Rivik has been (laughs) spectacular for the Rangers. Mm -hmm. I mean, in in a bottom four, or excuse me, a bottom six role, really on the fourth line, Rivick has not only played well, I kind of think Vigneault trusts him because he's playing a lot at even strength. And the offense isn't there yet, but that doesn't mean that it's totally devoid uh, from his game. And, you know, we're seeing some really good things out of him. So I think there was some concerns about what the Rangers were going to do in terms of all these injuries. But I think the reality of the situation is the forwards were so good that the Rangers could have actually survived these types of uh, these types of injuries because Jensen, Rivick, and Lindbergh could easily make up a fourth line and a quality fourth line at that. And yeah. right now when everybody's yeah. healthy, they don't have a spot on this team. And, and I think that says something to the depth the Rangers have at forward. Beth, anything you want to add to this positive party?
1: <laughs> no, I agree with all of that. We, we have positivity and we have, we have agreement. Who are we?
0: I don't know. You know, people just yell and scream about how terrible we are. So I just (laughs) – I sit there and think about terrible things all the time. Um, I've I've been impressed with with this team's resiliency because these aren't – the two games against Chicago, and I'm including the loss as part of the the positives because the Rangers, I I think, played really well – this team has come together with a, a slew of injuries and it's a little intoxicating to think about what it's going to be like when Bucinevich comes back and, and when Zabanajad is back and when Rick Nash is back and because Nick Jensen was sent down, I think that sooner rather than later, uh, you just, those opportunities are kind of floating away for some of these bottom pairing guys like Lindbergh, like Rivick, uh And in the case of Jensen, he was obviously let go, but, the Rangers have a lot of really good things working for them at forward. And I've loved Ryan McDonough's game this year. I've loved Brady Shea's game at times this year. I think he's really learning. There's obviously some issues on the back end that we've discussed, but the Rangers do have the pieces to be a pretty good team. It's just a matter of whether or not they they wise enough about certain aspects. Uh, Beth, anything you want to throw out there? Mike was positive. I was positive. Now you have to be positive.
1: (laughs) Oh, wait, but I agreed with your positivity. How much positivity no, am I count. supposed to come up with?
2: Yeah, but You, haven't while, you have to say things and, and make yeah. bizarre uh, bets of yourself. And yourself is this like me not work.
1: taking a stance again?
0: Yes. Uh, so many stances, uh, yeah. but most
1: of them are negative. Um, huh, yeah, I don't know. Um, positive, 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 positive. They're, I got Jimmy Vesey and I, I got... Yes, I think I, I think he's terrible. I think they should take him out back and shoot him. Wow, that's what I think. There it are. is. I finally I myself area. as a crab. Yeah, now
2: this is what it, where, 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 where that has implications. Yeah,
0: it does. Disease, but
1: we're not we're not <laughs> enjoying You didn't I expect had. this turn, did you? No, I I think no. <laughs> time. That, um, that
0: was her positive. Imagine what her negative would be. I know that was her being happy. <laughs> that was you
1: being know, having, know two, her. G- having two goalies that can do the job is a good thing. Can that be my positive, or is that too obvious? No, no, yeah, but, but
0: why did that have to come after shooting someone?
1: Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> they don't. They don't have, they to, don't have well. to have a celebrity goalie cage death match. You know, it's not like one of them has to be voted off the island. It's it's just, you know. No,
0: and uh, we uh, could, hearing... we could.
1: This isn't a positive, but we can, we can. um Can we add shade to the to the list of of times members of this team tried to murder members of other members of this team? Because I mean, you yeah, know, I think that counts. Hayes going for shade face with a skate seems.
0: Yeah, but but yeah. just to review, we asked for something positive. Beth's response was murder, and then teammates <laughs> injuring each other. So yeah, and then dental no. surgery. Maybe you didn't understand the assignment, but that's okay. We'll figure it out. <laughs> um, uh, I I don't even remember what I was going to say. Oh, the the Ronta oh, thing. Oh, uh, yes
1: for facts, Yes for Foss. Yes for Foss. I've been liking not just that he scored a goal, which was due, but I've been really liking watching him be a fierce animal out there too. Um, kind of like kind of like J T. Miller without the rage. Although with some of the rage. So that's, that's my positive, is that I think he's, uh, he's pulling things together, and I think we're going to see more goals from him. But do you like him
0: enough to like him? Do you like him enough to I, like him? You may need to make that decision.
1: I, I, you know what? I'll make one wager like that a month, and I'm so relieved to have snuck out from under this one that, you know, it's, it's, I, it, I'm going to give it some time. Um, I would,
2: I would guess that he would taste like lemon.
0: Well, what, what would Zuccarello soda taste like? Um, a Zucca cola.
2: Like happiness. Well, <laughs> like it's happiness. a very brief taste of
0: happiness. Yeah. So yeah, I think uh, we're gonna we're gonna market that. We're gonna sell Zucca cola.
1: Do we have Everybody to ask him for anything?
0: Uh,
2: uh, we have to eat I hope not.
0: Food, but... I certainly hope not.
1: Imagine
2: a, if that's what we are. do with the Patreon money. We just start canning mysterious soda that's not FDA approved.
0: <laughs> that sounds like a cola. good
1: use of our resources. That's I a think good that We will get microphones. At least yeah. two lawsuits.
0: No, maybe five.
1: <laughs>
0: the the not a competition aspect from the goaltending is a point that I I, I like a lot because I don't think there is a kind, this is not do or die, but sometimes Vigneault would be better served to maybe not speak at all. Like saying, <laughs> I love Hank, but I love the team more is not. No, just please don't do that. Don't say that. I, I don't want yeah. to, to think about the implications that you mean when you say that, because if that's the case, why isn't, again, and not to harp on this, why isn't Girardi held to that standard? Why isn't Kevin Klein held to that standard? You open up a can of worms, and I don't think Vigneault meant anything by it. Obviously, Lundqvist is starting in Dallas on Thursday, so it's pretty clear that Lundqvist is the guy. And again, nobody questioned that. I'll say that again louder. Nobody (laughs) questioned that that was the case. Um, But you do kind of get the sense that – some of the things he says, these guys are not robots. They can they can weed. Lundquist sees that stuff. Zuccarello made a comment to Larry Brooks last year about an article that he wrote. The Zed isn't dead article. These guys are not they, – they know. And I would not be thrilled if my coach said, I love Joe Fortunato, but I love the team more because it implicates that you're not good for the team. And that's not right.
1: Yes, well, Beth, it's also yes, that you've got, a, you've got a coach that, like, says little bitchy things about you, which is not what you want the coach. Even <laughs> if you do have the self-esteem to let it roll off you like butter off a duck, which I would hope Longquist would. Um, you can you can know, butter why, off a why duck? Why do you need yeah, yeah, I I butter off a
0: duck? Wait a second. Don't do, Don't say something like, like duck, that. And then it's not as gross as on.
1: riding the hot hand.
0: Okay. You know what? Uh, First of you all, know what? we talked about uh, children tonight. Oh, wait.
1: Right? I've, got, I've got another <laughs> thing to say. Do, <laughs> that has children. nothing to do with <laughs> butter or ducks or hot hands. Wait, wait, I, I want the to know where that I read. came from. <laughs> butter <laughs> um, off of duck? I don't really like, know. I, I realize now it was supposed to be water. I went with butter. Sometimes I get these things confused, which is why you want to have dinner at my house. But anyway... um. It was about Mike Sullivan, and it was about how, you know, it was about how he treats young players, and it was about that, um, and I'm wishing I could find this right now. I'm, like, looking through Twitter, and it's not coming up, but it was about how, you know, if you're not playing well, he's going to let you know you're not playing well, but he's going (laughs) to give you more than one game to figure it out, and you're going to get a chance to, you know, Straighten things out, and I just thought about what a healthier situation mm. that sounded like than the one that we seem to have. are you
0: laughing in the background? But yeah, <laughs> well, I'm trying you know. to hide it. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I keep
2: picturing someone pouring like melted like butter yeah. you put on popcorn, yeah. just on a living duck, and <laughs> <it was> just <laughs> <such> <laughs> like a maniacal they smile. They
1: don't like but
2: it. I, I don't. Well, know I, I, I would,
1: would do like do you? You want to be butter yeah. for, like Why? a roll?
2: I, I and think Joe so. earlier saying Hank working up into a lather. The idioms we get wrong on this are amazing.
0: Well, wait a minute. Working up a ladder ladder is lather. Correct?
2: No, working, working yourself up into a lather. Working yourself. No, it is not. It's getting upset about something. It's not about getting into a groove. It's literally it means to get yourself sweaty. I looked yeah, up the okay. idiom Fine. when we were talking. Yeah, yeah. Right. Fine. it Fine. is. You're it's right.
1: not so a good thing. You're,
2: yeah, you're saying he works himself
0: into fury, and then he plays better. That, that doesn't <laughs> make sense. Well, maybe he does get angry. You don't know. You don't know he's what he's system a sweaty is. fury. Yeah. Well, he sweats. He plays hockey. What do you think? He doesn't well, sweat? Well, at
2: least he doesn't cover himself in butter,
0: Joe. He does not cover himself in butter. I don't know what's better, that or Lunkin. What I do know is that every time that something like that happens to Beth, who is the smartest one on this podcast, may I add? She tries to fly by it like no one will know, and it's it, it yeah. never works. It, it, it never works. Yeah. Butter on a duck. I'm using that, butter on a duck.
1: can we really ponder the thing I was actually saying about the the Mike Sullivan and how you keep players who maybe aren't playing their best game and maybe you don't psychologically undermine them.
0: I didn't mean to insinuate that that was a bad point. To Beth's point, which I agree with, (laughs) I don't like the idea of – first of all, calling players out in the media, and Mika talked about this a few weeks ago on the show, there have been times where Vigneault says very passive-aggressive things on, a, on to the media. And it, you look at him and you're like, why are you saying that? I, I don't understand. And a good example was a few days before the Lundquist-Toronto fiasco, uh, Vigneault saying, well, we obviously need great a goaltending like everybody else. Why? You're so, That's like that's like what your friend would say to, in front of you and a, another group of friends so that they can passively aggressively make you feel bad about yourself. There's no reason to do that. And John Tortorella was a You're guy. A who, you need no, new friends, I Joe. I do. Yeah, I need friends nice. who is buttered. <laughs> People ducks. shouldn't treat if you I like that. Are My ducks need to be buttered at all times. Um, Come sit on my hand and we'll talk about it. It's, like, it's a hot okay. hand. Sit sit on your hand made it way, way worse. Did it no? It did. No, it really yeah, did. It, did right now.
1: But how it else definitely... did you ride the hot hand unless you it. Yeah,
0: how else are you gonna ride it, Joe? Oh boy, we are just we are cruising into this territory. <laughs> we talked about children tonight. We did we that was the that was the best line of the night outside of the buttering a duck that we were speaking <laughs> about children death. <best>. Um <laughs> I think the podcast is at its best when we're completely insane. I, I truly believe that. Um, you're pushing um, it back an hour has only made it worse. Has only increased that. Well, this is a one-time thing. This, this is not. Well, hopefully, it's a one-time thing, but it's not going to happen often. And me making it to the pod chat, the podcast throne, which I'm now referring to it as. Uh, moments before, literally, I, I said, "I can't believe I pulled this off," and then. Immediately, it was like your show will start in three seconds. So, <laughs> yay me! Uh, and there's a British lady, but you It is a British lady. If you if you didn't know, I'm not like racist. Uh, I, I just I don't like the uh, Tortorella never really did that. He he wouldn't so much call players out in the media, but it, it, even if he did, it was fair. And uh, when I was writing the story about Lundqvist and Ranta and this sort of situation that Vigneault has created, I kind of fell into a rabbit hole of old stories that I had written. And one of them involved uh, Vigneault talking about how the goaltending has to be better. I don't know if you guys remember this, but around January last year, Vigneault made a comment mm-hmm. that Hank had to quote, re become himself. And then he said, and I quote, well, I'm actually paraphrasing. There are some players who aren't playing as well as they need to be. And we all know who they are. If you follow the team closely enough. And I couldn't understand why some players got this, magical pass that they could never be spoken about and other players didn't. And if anybody deserves that, that free pass, you'd think it's Lundquist. So for me, for him to be held to a standard, everybody needs to be held to the standard. I don't care. I I don't care that he makes the most money. He deserves the most money. I don't care that, you know, he's the, the quarterback. Everybody makes that. You wouldn't treat a linebacker the same way you would treat the quarterback except they don't seem to realize that you treat the quarterbacks better than you treat the linebacker. And right now the linebacker is being treated better than the quarterback, if that makes sense. Lunquist should be the last guy that you teach a lesson to. It's like pulling a goalie to send a message to the team. Like it's not, it's not okay the way that they're playing and you're trying to send that message doing that once or twice is fine. And sometimes that's a, a strategy that definitely works, but doing it again to Lundquist to, really it needs to be given the opportunity to be the guy. That's, that's not okay to me at least. And, and
2: no, I think it's, I think it's fair though.
0: Yeah. We get, you know,
2: and we, it's important, I think to acknowledge again, that we all admit that Hank, Hank can be better. Um, but he's right now. He's just playing like, you know, an average good NHL goalie. He's not a detriment to the team. He's just like Hank off his game is still a very good goalie. Um, you know, he's just let in, you know, some medium and low danger scoring chances that we don't see, but the high danger stuff is still still classic with You know, he, he erases goals that should be goals. Um, and we also talked about, you know, the depth that he's given his defenseman. I mean, you know, that obviously, you know, I, I would imagine that played a factor in, you know how the team reacted and, and with with, you know, riding the hot hand of uh, of Ranta, But I don't know. It's very, very hard to see Hank take, you know, kind of take it on the chin for this because it's, it's him in the spotlight right now. and the, the media isn't talking about Girardi. Everyone's talking about, ooh, Ranta starting his third straight game. And let's, you know, let's zoom in the camera in on Lundquist wearing the hat on the bench and how about that, Henrik Lundqvist sitting on the bench, you know? And it's it's become like a little sideshow that distracts from the real problems with the team, and it's it's pretty frustrating um, in the grand scheme of things. But it is what it is. I mean, I, I don't I don't know if it's kind of Vino's mo with Vancouver. I didn't really follow that well. If you know if he was known to do things like this, but uh. It's it's a very interesting thing when coaches are kind of selective with, you know, the players who they challenge publicly, um, because you know I have no understanding of how, you know, a coach, especially at the professional level, operates and chooses like, you know, who do I know can handle the pressure? Who will respond well if I say he needs to be better to the media? In addition to saying it to him, dynamic.
0: Yeah, and no, I, I don't. I have no idea who Vigneault did and did not challenge in Vancouver. I do know that Vigneault had a nasty habit of not allowing youth to kind of find themselves in Vancouver. That much I know. And I think that's another reason why it's so frustrating to see him do this in New York, because he was fired in Vancouver for a reason. He was far more successful in Vancouver than he has been to this point in New York. And not to say that him going to the Stanley cup final doesn't matter. It's just, he did that in Vancouver too, along with a bunch of president's trophies and Vigneault. It wasn't until the very end that he started losing in the first round and there were issues. So there's definitely uh, similarities between what happened in Vancouver and, and what's happening right now. And that's where I get frustrated because we've been down that road before. We went down that road and it didn't work. And now we're there again. Uh, it is 10.15. It is already far past my bedtime. Maybe not far past my bedtime, but getting close to my bedtime. <laughs> uh, anything you guys want to throw out there before uh, we end whatever this became? <laughs> good. Nope. This is good. The silence. Quack. We're going to go uh, ride the hot hand. Butter ducks. <laughs>
1: You're
0: gonna hang good and funny sounds yeah, like a
1: yeah,
0: hell of an yeah. evening Joe into a lather it does you work into a lather then you butter ducks and uh, then you ride the hot hand Yep. or maybe well, it doesn't matter what order I guess thank you all for listening uh, this is a <laughs> weekly apology that we're asking you to pay for this but if you would like to we would sure appreciate it and you can at patreon.com slash blue panther and that would be swell and maybe we could buy ducks and see if we can't butter them uh you can find Beth at twitter.com dot slash Beth Macklin, Mike at twitter.com dot uh, slash dig deep BSB. Mike is on fanrag sports, Beth is on blue shirtpanther.com slash riveters, and so is Mike. Um, and I am Blue shirt Panther, just slash Thank you all. This was a, a good this was like a good discussion, I think. Go butter um, slash Go <laughs> butter, so ride the buttered
1: ducks.
0: Is, uh, I propose to uh ride the hot hand of the buttered uh, I propose to Mike that as as we go we can when we say stupid things on the podcast or something funny, we can Mike can draw a photo a little picture of it and we can add it to the banner that we're currently running on Twitter. And we were gonna do one for Zuka Cola. Now we have Zuka cola a, a duck covered in butter, and maybe a hot hand that we can do. So I think we're doing something right. Uh, of course, that falls on him because he's the only artist here. But uh, yeah. we love you, Mike. Okay. Anyway, on, <laughs> on that note, goodbye. We love you guys.
1: Good night.
2: Good night, Good night everybody.